Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Recorded live. So, so we realized that in the beginning that God promised us that he would keep his promises. And so we have found out so far that he has promised us salvation. All right. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He has promised us salvation and he promised us a new life. And that was with the change of the heart a change of perspective, a change of, of paradigms. And um, so, 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 yes, God does make the change in us, but if we keep doing the same things that we were doing prior to meeting Jesus, then it doesn't afford him the opportunity to change us. You follow what I'm saying? We fall into, um, we fall into oh, God will do it, you know, and, and, I, and, and it's not of worth that any man should boast, so we fall into that dilemma, and so we still continue in the same mindset, in the same way, and expect God to do something different, okay? But we need to remove ourselves and turn from our wicked ways so that he can create a new heart within us. Amen? Amen. Amen. So there are things that, yes, we need to move away from this and move away from that and move away from this and stop entertaining certain things and certain uh, paradigms and certain mindsets and stop going to uh, places where God is not um, uh, favored, you know, in order for God to do what he needs to do in us, okay? So it's by grace, and grace is defined as unmerited favor. But when you find favor, uh, favor is given to people where you find a like, you know, you like them a lot, you know, you not by people who are scoffing at you and, and people who are turning their nose up at you and who, who are disregarding you, but you usually find favor uh, with those who are, are that, that, that are uh, kind of um, toward you. You know, uh, um, God's grace is toward us, and that's if we are toward him. But we understand that his grace is provided to all of us, but to some of us it is unmerited. It is just uh, unlimited. It is bountiful, his grace. And so um, we find that grace is, is favor. And so when he favors us, then he gives us uh, blessings, and he, he saves us, and he leads us, and he provides for us a new life. And because of his favor, you know, we have, we have favorite uh, things and favorite people and, and, other, and people we favor over, uh, over other people. And, and I hate to say it, uh, some of us have favorite children. The ones that we don't favor are the ones who are, are disobedient, the ones who are hard-headed, unruly, 
and we don't favor them. We don't give goodies to them and just unmerited favor to them, but we favor those who are kind and gentle and are, are, are toward us and are obedient. And so God gives his grace to us, and so he's promised us a new life. So we learned last week that there are three things that he has promised us. He's promised us uh, salvation, and he's promised us a new life, and he's promised us freedom, all right? And so in that freedom, okay, it says that uh, in Romans, the sixth chapter and the 14th verse, it says, for sin shall shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law but under grace. And so in, this, uh, in the promises, God has promised us freedom so that sin no longer has a, a yoke upon us. And so we find ourselves in places uh, of addiction and places of, uh, as the old folks used to say, I can't help it. Then we need to realize that God has broken the power of sin in our lives, that it doesn't have to dominate us. Our situations, uh, uh, the can't help it, does not have to dominate us. Our addictions do not have to dominate us, all right? And so God has promised us freedom. Uh, in, um, uh, let's see, Romans, the eighth chapter, one and two, it says, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. So God has promised us freedom. He's promised us salvation. He's promised us a new life. And he's promised us freedom. So we can walk in these promises. And so now as we begin to um, learn of him and know of him, then we know we're beginning to identify what he has promised, okay? And these are some of the promises that Christ has given to us, all right? Um, He's also promised us forgiveness. Isn't that a wonderful thing? He has promised us forgiveness. I was listening, I was watching ID, and um, this man had had murdered uh, this other man's mother, I believe it was, and, and he was saying that, this is one thing he could not forgive. He just could not forgive that. And then he says, I pray to God uh, that he would forgive me. But I'm thinking, I know this is a horrific thing that has happened in your life, but if you cannot forgive, then God will not forgive you, all right? And so God has promised us forgiveness. Uh, we have... Um, uh, There is liberty, first of all, in forgiveness uh, because it is difficult uh, to hold on to hate, hatred, and woundedness and offense. I mean, after a while, first you become offended and you become hurt and you become wounded, and that is very natural. When someone has offended you, yeah, it's very natural for you to feel the sting of the offense and the woundedness. But as time goes on, there has to come a, it takes a lot of energy to continue to hold on to that woundedness. It takes a lot of energy to continue to hold on to that hatred and the offense 
of the situation. It takes a lot of energy to hold on to that. You have to keep um, uh, uh, reliving and re-imaging what has happened and the offense that has happened to you. But it is easier as, as, as you move on. It is easier to forgive than to continue to hold on to the woundedness, no matter how difficult and how wrong you were. Forgiveness is not only for the person that has wronged you, but it is for you as well. And the scripture says that uh, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And so um, we begin to understand that that our our release is is predicated on how we release others. Our release in life is predicated on how we release others. The grace of God and the favor of God that is extended to us in forgiveness is predicated on the grace that we extend to others. Uh, can you say amen? Amen. Amen. Uh, the scripture says, in somebody find Psalm thirty two one and two. The Psalms the thirty second chapter one and two. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity, and in those in whose spirit there is no God. Okay, so here it says, blessed is he whose transgressions are forgiven, and then it says whose sin is covered. Now, how many people are thankful that their sin is covered? I know I am. I am so thankful that God has covered my sin, that it has been forgiven. Uh, Blessed is the man to whom the Lord imputes not iniquity and whose spirit there is no guile. And so here he's saying is the man who's blessed who is not charged with iniquity. All right? Yes, I have sinned against God, but God does not charge me. He has forgiven me for the sin and in whose spirit there is no guile. So basically he's saying that once you are forgiven, First of, first of all, what he's saying, he's saying that once you are forgiven, there is no guile, okay? And first of all, in order for that to be the case, you have to get rid of what you're holding on to, for others, to others in order for God to forgive you of yours. So therefore, you have come before him cleansed. You have forgiven others so that now you can receive forgiveness. So blessed is the man whose spirit, who in whose spirit there is no guile. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord imputes not iniquity. So here we find that God promises us forgiveness. He promises to forgive us. And, and I like what it says in Romans, the 8th chapter and the 33rd verse. Because of God's favor. Somebody read Romans 8 and 33. You should lay anything to the charge of God's elect. It is God that justifies. So here it's saying, who, who is going to charge me? 
when God has forgiven me, who shall lay anything, any charge, anything to the charge of God's elect? Who's going to charge me after God has forgiven me? It is God that justifies. So therefore, uh, 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 yes, I, I, you may have known me in, in, the, in the day, back in the day, as they said. You may have known me back in the day, and, but I have been forgiven for back in the day. So who's going to charge me for that? It is God who justifies. That means that it is he who stands uh, in my stead and makes, and makes me justified makes me righteous before God. So who can lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifies. Amen. Amen. So we find that God has promised us. So can can you name some of the things that God has promised us? Long life. Say it again. God promised us a long life eternal life. All right. Yes, he's promised us eternal life. Salvation. Salvation, absolutely. He has promised us salvation. So there is no need for any of us to die and go to hell and die without uh, being forgiven from our sin because he has promised us salvation. He made a way of escape for each one of us, for the entire world. There is no reason for anyone not to be saved. So then when we see our loved ones uh, uh, outside of the will of God, we can hold God to his promise. You have promised us salvation. We can tell our, our loved ones that God has promised salvation to you. Why don't you receive it? God has promised to save you from your sin, why don't you receive it? It's something that he has given to you. You don't have to earn it. Why don't you receive it? So when we're dealing with our loved ones and in prayer, uh, we have to believe that God is a rewarder of them who diligently seek him and that we have the petition that we ask of him. And if we're asking him to save our loved ones, then we need to believe that he's going to do it not look at them in the circumstances and the situation that they're in, but we need to believe that God has promised them salvation and that they will receive it, that God will draw them to the place of salvation. But I must confess that some of us have already written them off because of their state and their condition. We believe that, oh, there's just not any hope. But I want you to know that there is hope. Okay, God has promised salvation to those who believe, to um, to the whole world, actually. Amen. Um, uh, uh, Isaiah, the 43rd chapter, and the 25th verse says, I, even I, am he that blots out your transgressions for my own sake and will not remember your sins. So God has promised us that he will not remember our sins, that he will forgive us. Okay, so what are some of the other things that God has promised us? Freedom. Freedom, absolutely. 
Sin does not have to have dominion over us. We can walk in liberty. It is a wonderful thing to be free from addictions and free from hatred and free from anger and free from adultery and free from fornication, to be able to present my body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto him, which is my reasonable service. You know, so I'm thankful that God has made these promises to me. Um, so he's, now we're speaking about forgiveness. So he's promised us forgiveness. He said, I, even I am he that blocked out your transgressions for my own sake and will not remember your sins. Okay? Okay, uh, Psalms 103 and 12. Somebody get that for me, please. That's as far as east is from the west, so far have I removed our transgressions from us. Oh, so far have he removed our transgressions from us. You want to elaborate on that a little bit? Well, this is saying the same thing you were saying about the forgiveness. Uh, If you forgive... God has already forgiven us. He's already uh, is saying he's already removed this. He's taking it far away from us. It's like it says that uh, he has taken our sins and cast them into the sea of forgetfulness. And so God no longer remember the things that we have done. So in order for God to continue to not remember the things that we have done, I I feel that it's important for us as a person. To, uh, we may uh, not forget, but is it very important that we forgive people for what they have done to us? I'll say, for instance, when my husband got killed back in 2003, you know, his sister, she wanted to hang him up in the tree or line him up and gun him down. And I told the detective that it's my prayer that I forgive them, that it's my prayer that they find Jesus while they're incarcerated. So, and I just had such a wonderful peace to come over me. The anger and everything got up and left, although I missed my husband. So you found that forgiveness was liberating, huh? Yes. It, it, it like, just set me free. At first I was very angry, but then I found in my heart, I just I, I thought about the scripture and said, I can't see Jesus with forgiveness, with unforgiveness in my heart. And I knew that I had to let it go, and I had to mean it because God, he looks on the heart of man, and he knows when we're not sincere. For instance, like we can uh, tell someone we forgive them, but if we don't forgive them, you know, we're not hurting that person. We're hurting ourselves if we don't really mean it because God, he knows exactly what's in your heart. Absolutely. So... Here he's saying, as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. So so I'm so thankful that he has promised us forgiveness. And so you know that the east and the west will never meet. You know, And even if we just look at the nation of the United States uh, living on the east coast, it takes several days just to get to the west coast. And so there is a great gulf between the East and the West. They never will come together. So 
So he has removed our transgressions from us. And so I'm so thankful that God has delivered me and cleansed me from all unrighteousness and made me the righteousness of God. And this is a promise that he has given to us. He has promised us freedom and new life and salvation and forgiveness. And it's a wonderful thing. I don't think that um, uh, people value uh, forgiveness when they are in darkness, but I don't think that people understand how great a weight sin has on them. You know, I don't think that people understand how great a weight a sin has on you as you're living in sin and you're living in unforgiveness and in an unforgiven state, you know, when you haven't received the forgiveness of God. And not that um, God has not forgiven you, you just have not received the forgiveness of God. So it goes back to Ephesians, the second chapter, 8 and 9. First of all, it says it's a gift of God. It's a gift. A gift can be a gift, but if you don't, until you receive it, it doesn't belong to you. I still am in possession of it. Like, for example, I said uh, last week or the week before, I still have a gift that I bought for a friend years ago. Uh, she never came and got it, you know, so I never, and I never went to her house to give it to her. So it's still in my possession. So until you receive the gift, it is not yours. So um, I'm going to read Ephesians, the second chapter, again, 8 and 9. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. All right? It's a gift. And if you don't receive it, then he still has it. It's not that it's not that he hasn't given it. You just have not received it. All right? Um, so we also so now we're understanding that he has forgiven us. He has promised us forgiveness. Um, 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 First John one and nine says, "If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins." and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So here we say, if we confess our sin, now, uh, unconfessed sin is not forgiven sin. All right? You can, say, you can say, well, God has forgiven me, but if you haven't confessed that sin, then you're, it's unforgiven. It's not hasn't been forgiven. You've got to come clean. You've got to come, you've got to clean the slate. Now, when we get saved, we say, God, forgive us of our sin. And so at this particular instance, we are uh, confessing that we are by nature just a sinner. So we're asking God to forgive us, all right? And so God forgives us of our sin and we become new creatures. But as we move forward and we become more cognizant of sin in our nature, then we need to confess Lord, I have sinned against you. Will you forgive me? You know, so uh, uh, there's a daily cleansing that goes on with us. There's a daily uh, cleansing, a daily uh, dying up to ourselves and mortifying our members, you know. And so as we walk with him and then we begin to understand and, and become aware of our sin nature 
and something that has risen in our heart that we haven't dealt with, then we need to confess that, all right? So if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It's like the little the little kid who's taking the cookie from the cookie jar, and you ask, did you take the cookie? And the kid said, no, I didn't take the cookie. Well, he's holding on to his state. He's not releasing his state so that he can get, so that he can receive forgiveness. He is still holding on to the state of, no, 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 it wasn't me. You know, when in fact it is you. But until you can confess, okay, yes, it was me. Yes, I did do it. Would you please forgive me? Then you can't be cleansed from that. And so um, we as a people have a proclivity to not want to. Sometimes we can't even face some of the some of the um, our character. Sometimes we can't even face our character, and so we say, "Oh no, 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 no! That's not me. That's not me." And so God deals with us to bring us to a place where we begin to look in the mirror. And the word is a mirror. We begin to look in the mirror and we say, oh, my God, it is. I've done X, Y, Z. I have felt this way about my friend or I'm jealous. Some of us are jealous. We don't want to admit that we're jealous. Mm -hmm. But we see a girlfriend and she looks nice and all of a sudden we're like, who does she think she is? Well, you need to address that. You need to confess, you know what, I'm, I'm jealous. Let, let me deal with that. I'm jealous. And God, would you please forgive me? I don't want to. Jealousy is cruel as the grave. You may as well. I don't want to murder my sister in my heart. You know, I don't want to hate her in my heart, you know, because I'm jealous. And so we need to confess, okay, uh, I see a little jealousy. Lord, please help me. Forgive me for that. I confess, but I ask you to forgive me, all right? So it says if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. But if we come before him, um, what is it about the the publican? The publican uh, came to, um, let me see if I can find that. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? One man was praying and he said, Lord, I have not done anything. I've done this, I've done that, I've done this, I've done that. But the publican couldn't even lift up his eyes because of of shame. And he was actually the one who was more um, remorseful than the one who 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 was like, I'm wonderful. And that's what we what we do. We walk around and we act like we're so wonderful, you know, and we need to deal with our issues. Oh, gosh, I can't find I can't find it. Does anybody know what I'm referring to? Yes. Oh, boy. 
Okay, here it is. Luke. No, 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 that's not it. Oh, yeah, here it is. Luke, the 18th chapter and the 13th verse. Let's read before the 13th verse. Luke, the 18th chapter and the 13th verse. Um, Okay, starting at the ninth verse, 18 and 9, and he spake this parable unto certain which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Now, this is the key. They trusted in themselves that they were righteous, all right, versus confessing, you know what, Uh, I'm not really all that. God is the one who keeps me, all right? He says, and he spake this parable unto certain which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Two, two men went up into the temple to pray, the one a Pharisee and the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. He says, I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And then it says, and the publican standing afar off would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And the scripture says, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone that exalted himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. So it's very important that we begin to confess, okay, and not to think that we're wonderful, all right, because I'm going to tell you something. As soon as you think that you have arrived and you have made it, there is something that will show itself in your flesh. Like I uh, spoke of, uh, I mentioned during um, the consecration, I had a dream And greed just surfaced. I was like, oh, my God, I did not realize that I was greedy. And greed surfaced in my dream. And I was like, okay, God, you're showing me something about my character, something about my nature. I cannot boast that I'm wonderful, all right? I cannot boast that I have arrived. It is by the grace of God that I'm saved. And God is uh, uh, every day changing me into his image. Every day I'm being conformed into his image. And so I confess, all right, I had to get up off out of my dream and ask God to forgive me, you know, forgive me and help me to overcome this situation in my flesh, this desire to to obtain and to have, you know, just to 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 to, to lust after things, just just to have them. You know, and so we have to be careful about who we are and, and and our walk before God. We need to walk humbly before God. The scripture says, for everyone that exalted himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. All right, are there any comments? Okay, and so the last scripture in forgiveness um, I'd like to read, 
That's Colossians. The Colossians, the first chapter, 13 through 14. Colossians, the first chapter, 13 through 14. And it reads, the Father has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. So we find that the promises of God are salvation, uh, new life, freedom, and forgiveness. And we're adding forgiveness to that tonight. And so when we start thinking about the promises, what God has promised us, now we can start to recall the promises and not just to attribute the promises to the promises of Abraham, that God made a promise to Abraham that he would make him a father of many nations, you know. But he made promises to us. He promised us salvation. He promised us a new life. He promised us freedom, and he promised us forgiveness. And so as we're walking through our daily life and walking through the challenges of life, we can bring God back. We can bring these promises back to our remembrance that God has promised me freedom. Why should I feel bound and burdened when God has promised me freedom? And then why should I walk after the old life when God has promised me a new life? Why should I hold on to anger and and all of those kinds of things that go with the old man when he has promised me a new life? He said he would give me a new heart. You know, I was speaking with my son today, and he said uh, that he was he's looking for a new life. And and as I'm thinking about it, now I can go back and tell him, God has promised you a new life. It's a promise of God. Receive it. And so until we begin to understand these promises, we can't share them with anybody else. We can't articulate what God has done for us. We can't articulate what God has promised to the entire world until we come and come to terms with understanding that these are the promises that he made to us. We just don't quote the scripture that he made promises to Abraham to make him a father of many nations and we are the seed of Abraham. Yeah, but what goes with that? You follow what I'm saying? What goes with that? Yes, we are the seed of Abraham. So so because we are the seed of Abraham, these promises are what apply to us. These are the things that he has promised to us. And so, beloved, uh, I pray that you have been blessed tonight. I pray that uh, God has spoken to your heart. I pray... Um, that this is uh, making sense to you. And and I still want us to uh, have the same memory verse for um, um, next week. Uh, I want this to become a part of who we are, that we begin to realize that God has given us a gift. It's his grace that he has extended to us because he loves us so much. His unmerited favor We don't merit it, but he looks upon us with favor, and he gives us gifts. All right? Amen. Amen. So who would like to close us out tonight?
First of all, Sister Juanima, thank you for calling me. I was sitting here sewing. I was I I forgot. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, Tika Phipps had called me. Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry. Forgive me, you guys. <laughs> You'll forgive me. <laughs> okay, Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Heavenly Father, for all that's been taught us this night. We pray, dear God, that we will continue to walk daily in the promises, Heavenly Father, that you have given to us, Almighty God. And, God, I pray that we walk worthy in those promises, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus. And, God, let us not look back on our past and try to pull out those things of old, dear God, but let us continue to press our way forward towards the mark of the prize of the high calling in the name of Jesus. And, God, I thank you for the apostle, dear God, for the word that you've put it into her, dear God, to share and to give to us, dear God, for our continued growth and development, God, and for our process of continually, Heavenly Father, to walk in the ways of the Lord. And, dear God, as we partner and go our separate ways, I pray, God, that you'll be with each and every one of us, Heavenly Father. And I'll be ever so careful to give your name the glory, the honor, and all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 See y'all Sunday. All right. Okay. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.